0: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. you to get
2: bored, bitch. Hey, okay, one thing nice. the game needs is more people like you, you, you. You still have grown men run around tight pants.
0: It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Sal Tlemachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob
1: Radford. All right. Uh, All right, boss. Uh, This jersey
2: that we wear today, it doesn't say Red Sox, it say Boston. We want to thank you, Mayor Menino, Governor Patrick, the whole police department
0: for the great job that they did this past week.
2: This is our city. stay you
3: we as a team were able to give moments to you know help a, a city kind of whether it's distract them or heal them or whatever um, you know they work together in a city like this that's so in love with their baseball team you know the fact that you know these guys are to go able to go out and win a World Series in you know the same year and, and kind of have something else to smile about after you know the tragedy is, is pretty neat um, you know I think when you talk about that, you can't bring that up without talking about David's speech on the field, I think is, you know. It's crazy, right? I mean, like for a guy who's not here with no script and nothing, you know. It's, it, it's mind-blowing. It should be taught in, in school, you know, that this is how you go up and, and speak in public. And, you know, it gives me chills thinking about it.
2: Okay, in case you forgot, that was David Ortiz after the Boston Marathon bombing 10 years ago on the Fenway Park field. That was also Andrew Miller. Talking to baseballs and boring about that that speech, so it is uh, obviously a, a huge huge moment in the city of Boston, and I know they were talking about all of baseball, all of the North America, all of the world on the baseballs and boring podcast because baseball stretches everywhere. But on Monday, it's Patriots Day in Boston. It's the Boston Marathon, and it's the ten year anniversary of the Boston Marathon being the centerpiece for really, really what was was going on in baseball, how baseball was bringing everybody together, the entire community of baseball, the entire community of Boston, the entire community of New England, really the entire, in a lot of ways, the entire nation together. And David Ortiz's speech, that was the sort of the thing that maybe put the cherry on the top in terms of getting people really just bonded together. And what amazed me about that speech was, here's a guy who isn't from Boston. Here's a guy whose English is his second language. He's asked to go out and represent an entire region at one of the most most notable times in recent memory. And he goes out there, walks out to the Fenway Park Field and said what he said. And it's amazing to me because there was no script. It was just him. And this is one of the things that I love covering David Ortiz. I always said, man, like, okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Some people don't like him. Some people do like him, you know, for various reasons. I like covering him. I liked him as a human being because he's genuine. I like the guys who are genuine. And you are going to find a more genuine moment than what you saw in that Fenway Park field that day it brought everybody together and on that Fenway Park field on Sunday you had that 2013 Red Sox team in case people forgot around baseball the 2013 team after the Boston Marathon bombing that year in April went on a few months later and won the World Series and so they were celebrating that A good good chunk of that team came back. I want to say at least seventy five percent of the team, and included on the field, on on the field with kids, with the wives, with the families, with the parents, everybody. You talk about it it was just a flood of people on the Fenway Park field about an hour before the game with the Angels, and I don't think anyone minded. I don't think anyone had a problem with the Angels. Nobody. I mean, this is it was a great great moment. To have everyone back, but also have all the families back, take with the little kids taking batting practice, so forth and so on. But one of the people who was there, who I talked to for the podcast, was Andrew Miller. Now, Andrew Miller is an interesting guy to talk to in a couple different ways. Number one, as you already heard, you know he was in the middle of the 2013 team, um, so you knew you know he had a, a pretty good view of what was going on there. But also, I. I don't think that Andrew Miller has been heard from enough about after all these rule changes. Because remember, Andrew Miller was the head of the MLBPA or Players Association, player rep, um, and so he was in the middle of a lot of this stuff when it came to trying to fix baseball for years upon years upon years, and going back and forth with the commissioner's office and owners, and you know being the guy. Who is representing the players? And so to get his perspective of where we landed, I thought it was pretty powerful, pretty, pretty important. And sure enough, there we go. He gave it to us. So I'm going to give you Andrew Miller, and then we're going to play a little bit from our podcast from two guys who were running the marathon, the Boston Marathon. On Monday, who you may know, former baseball players, Ryan Dempster and Brock Holt came on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. I want to give you a snippet of that. And then we're going to finish things off by catching up with good friend, ambassador to the game, guy who has uh, appeared uh, and has a, has a notable appearance in a damn near perfect game, the book, and that's Brett Phillips of the Angels. Obviously, you know, Brett is is a one of the voices, one of the most powerful voices when it comes to this message that we have. Baseball isn't boring. He has a cause. Baseball is fun. So it's always good to catch up with Brett. So I caught up with him for about five minutes. So a lot going on today. Uh, also in baseball, I don't know if you know this, the Braves are really good. They're, they've crept up to the power ranking, the number one in the power rankings in a lot of people's views. Because the Rays got beat twice in three games by the Blue Jays, allowing the Blue Jays to get some street cred. Ooh, baseball, man, it is red hot. And by the way, like, speaking of bringing everyone together, just like we talked about, Jose Miranda meeting up with Lin-Manuel Miranda. What's better than that? What's better than that? Relative, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda um, of Hamilton fame, of many other things, but also... Cousin of Jose Miranda of the Minnesota Twins. Bringing everybody, people, and bringing everybody together. The great game of baseball. And you know who else is bringing everybody together? FanDuel. FanDuel, making every moment matter. And, yes, and I looked up my FanDuel app today to see World Series odds. And get this, even though the Braves are rolling, they still aren't the runaway favorite. They aren't the runaway fa- And it's not the Rays tied with them. Nope. Nope. You're gonna have to go check out another another spoiler. Houston still in the top five, seven to nine still in the top five. So go check out your FanDuel app. Listen to this. Thank you for everybody subscribing, rating, reviewing, and most importantly, listening. Go to at @bb isn't boring. The socials. Check that out by the gear you see uh you see Andrew Miller you see David I'm sorry you see Dustin Bedroy and Shane Victorino all on the socials holding up their baseballs and boring shirt so yeah it's going to be a great week we already have some things lined up it's going to be a great week but let's kick things off with with Andrew Miller all right one of the finest minds ever to, to grace a baseball uniform, Andrew. What's going on? How you doing?
3: Uh, doing well. I am retired, trying to find what's next, but uh, here celebrating ten years of you know watching these guys go out and win a World Series. What do you remember about t-
2: ten years ago? I mean, was, cause we all have our sort of like little bits and pieces of memories, so and we have the bigger picture. But personally, what do you remember?
3: Uh, I think I was the biggest fan of, of the team. I was hurt, so I, was, I had the front row seat in the dugout, and uh, just you know. Probably the same moments most of everybody remembers. I remember the game, you know, David hitting the homer into the bullpen against Detroit. Obviously, stands out. The celebrations, the duck boat rides, all that. It's kind of a blur, but uh, just one exciting baseball game after another, and you know, culminating with being a World Series champion
2: when you talk about boston and you know you obviously have been to different places and every place is unique and every place has a passionate fan base you know that sort of year was different in the sense of you know when you have something that brings a community together it's it's different right
3: yeah it's unfortunate that it took something like that that you know we'll always attach to this year but at the same time you hope that you know we as a team were able to give moments to you know help a, a city kind of whether it's distract them or heal them or whatever um, you know, they work together in a city like this that's so in love with their baseball team. You know, the fact that you know these guys are to go, able to go out and win a World Series in you know the same year and, and kind of have something else to smile about after you know the tragedy is is pretty neat. Um, you know, I think when you talk about that, you can't bring that up without talking about david's speech on the field i think is you know it's crazy right i mean like for a guy who's not here with no script and nothing you know it's it's mind-blowing it should be taught in in school you know that this is how you go up and speak in public and you know it gives me chills thinking about it so um you know just glad that you know i was kind of kind of be on the edge of something that was so special can we talk a little bit about the great game of baseball because I I mean this is cuz you you were at the forefront of like
2: in the in the depths of of uh, the the guy the go between right I mean and so where you see now where it's landed with all and I know that you probably went through a lot of this stuff like negotiations and talk and everything what surprises you the most about and I know it's a big question to ask but but there's a lot to, there's a, it's a big thing right? I mean what's having gone through the evolution of getting to this spot with baseball what surprises you the most about where it landed?
3: Yeah you're talking as far as the rule changes yeah. and the, you know, the evolution of the game what we're trying to do with it? Well you know, ultimately I think we have to remember that we're an entertainment business. You know you, yeah, it's a sport, you know, you want to root for your team, but at the end of the day, it's all about giving our fans an experience they want to tune in for, they want to come out and see, they want to enjoy, they want to be attached to. It. And, you know, finding a way to make the game run as smoothly as possible falls on us. And, you know, these rules still way too early to determine if they've been uh, a huge hit or a failure or whatever, or anything in between. But um, the idea that we can get the game to move on a more regular pace is, is important, and we need to find a way to make that happen. At the same time, I, I fear losing you know, part of the chess match. I, I fear losing the big moments of, you know, when the game needs to be slowed down in a, a big moment in a playoff race. I mean, you know, you hate to say what if, but you know, in Game Seven of the World Series, I don't think anybody cares if it takes four hours if it's filled with drama. So we'll see. Uh, we have a lot to learn. We got a lot to figure out. But uh, you know. The premise behind making the game run smoother, that, that falls on players, that falls on the you know the league side, the commissioner side. So, um, you know, it's something we do have to do, we have to be aware of. Did you think that it was going to
2: be come earlier or did you think it wasn't ever going to come at all? Because, again, you were sort of in the back and
3: forth of a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I, I never try to read the tea leaves that much. I think, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, the commissioner made a decision to push rule changes through, um, you know, without essentially negotiate him Uh, I believe that the three batter limit was the first one that he really did that you know it, it really was a priority for him and uh you know I think we appreciated it you know we tried in many different ways to get the game to click at a faster pace and it just wasn't successful so if this is what it takes and what it takes you know then so be it and you know I hope it works. I, I truly, you know, it's not about you know seeing you know something that go against the league. We we really all should be invested in putting the best game on the field, the best product on the field, and um, I think we're we're going the right direction. You know, again. It'll be truly tested when we get to, you know, playoff races, playoff games. You know, when when you're playing in the rain, I, it, uh, it breaks my heart to see Cody Bellinger get a standing ovation and have a strike called against him. So, you know, those little things I think will work out. Um, so, understand why we're doing it. Uh, fingers crossed that it works out for the benefit of everybody, and I, I think it will. I think the players are bought in. I think there's still, you know, a little bit of a honeymoon phase we've got to adapt, but um, i'm pulling for it mm. what was the thing when you were going through
2: it what was a thing that maybe that could have maybe the was proposed and in other words you know like we you guys you wanted to make you wanted you guys were open to
3: this right but i would imagine you had maybe some other alternative ways to do it <laughs> we proposed a lot of alternatives and i was not on the rules committees that uh that were part of that but yeah we we spent a lot of time talking about it and um you know I think we have a lot of ideas. Players, I think, often feel a little like it's not appreciated what our experiences mean at times. And, you know, there's times when things are brought up. And I know the rules... Guys that I, I know of, I think went Maryfield. I know Jack Flaherty, Ian Hap. You know those guys have the experience. They see the game, and for them to be able to, you know, give input should be incredibly valuable in the process. And that doesn't mean the lead didn't take it into account. But um, you know, just trying to navigate that—what, how do we reach our goal, and how do we make everybody happy—is not always the easiest thing to do. So how is it retiring? I mean, it's it's different, right? I mean, it's like we just talking
2: about this. It's just it's just different. It's good. It's bad. It's 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 just different.
3: Yeah, I, I love being able to spend more time with my family. I love not traveling uh, as much. I love not having to essentially move my family for six or eight months a year. And at the same time, I'll never be able to replace the feeling of you know running out on the mound or walking off the mound or getting a big strikeout. Uh, I also won't miss you know taking hours to get ready for the game and you know my arm hurting and you know walking up the stairs bothering my knee you know so it's uh it's it, it's been a transition. It's a little bit easier. I think as time goes, you get better and better at it. But, um, you know, for the most part, um, I'm in a very good place. I got plenty of things to do and keep me busy, but at the same time, I understand I'll never be able to replace the, the highs of being on a baseball field like this.
2: Last thing is I asked everybody, why isn't baseball boring? And there isn't a, a wrong answer to this. It's, it's, I know another what bond said it's because grown men wearing tight pants. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, but why,
3: so why for you, this, jumps to mind why isn't baseball boring Jeff's my nine-year-old here uh, I think it's not boring because we have incredible (laughs) athletes Salty <laughs> yeah, just... uh, you know we have some of the best athletes in the world, and I think we're as a sport really truly embracing them right now. And you know we're sitting here in Fenway Park, and you know Trout and Otani are out on the field. That's pretty hard to beat. You know, guys throw incredible you know pitches now that I didn't think were possible five or six years ago. And um, the game's in a good place, and you know we got to make sure it goes the right direction. What
2: pitches? I have to ask. What pitch blows you away? I, you know, we're a big pitching ninja guy, right? So, I mean, what pitch that somebody throws? is like, I didn't think that would be possible is there anything that jumps out it's because you had Pretty a much couple. everyone now. Really? I, mean,
3: I mean guys throw so hard and their breaking stuff is so good um you know we went watch watched mcclanahan pitch on opening day for the Rays, and you know here's a young lefty that is starting throwing 100 miles an hour and he's got a change up and a breaking ball that's unheard of and it's you know he is one of the best pitchers in the game but at the same time he's not some huge you know outlier in a sense that we don't see that every now and then so it's fun to watch it's impressive. Uh, but you know, just the the work these guys put in, and you know, the ability to merge the technology we have and the way they take care of themselves—you know the sky's the limit.
2: All right, excellent stuff from Andrew. Now he isn't running the marathon, but a couple other guys who were sharing the field with him on Sunday, Brock Holt and Ryan Dempster, were. Uh, we don't do this a lot where we replay old podcasts, sound from old podcasts, but it was worth it. You know, I think it's it's pointed. It's a it's a it's a deserved time to reflect on how difficult this is to run the Boston Marathon as Brock Holt and Ryan Dempster are fighting out on Monday. But they're doing it for great causes. So a huge shout-out shout out to everybody who has run, you know, not only Boston, but every marathon. It's such a commitment. The people who volunteer, the people who fundraise, all of it. I've run Boston six times, and I can tell you, like, you know, the the day is just great. But everything, you know, it's such a commitment. So a huge shout-out. And two guys who learned about that commitment and now are reaping the benefit. Well, Ryan Dempster and Brock Holt. All right. One of the people who've always made baseball not boring is Ryan Dempster. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, Rob. Man, it is – first of all, have you worn your baseball's and boring
1: T-shirt yet? That's what I want to know. Of course I have. Yeah. It's it's a good shirt, though, right? It is. It is Um, my, my, my four-year-old. She's her, you know, we're working on it, but her reading is not the greatest, you know? Um, So at first she read it and I was reading it. She said, what does that say? I said, it says baseball isn't boring. She said, baseball is boring. And I was like, no, it isn't boring. And she's like, (laughs) No, it's not morning. Yeah, so, yeah <laughs> it's, it's you know. Cool. Just tell her it said there's an occasional
2: night where you know it's it's creeping to a four hour game that maybe, but overall, let me just sit down. What's your daughter's name? Izzy. Is, sit down, Izzy. Let me tell you about the great game of baseball. Why that's why right, a boring shirt, but it also it also makes the triceps pop, as Xander Bogart said, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> which is the mark of any good shirt. All, right, all right, in a second, we're gonna have. Um, put it this way, baseball isn't boring because the athletes of baseball are so unique. And how do I know that they're so unique? Because they can not only play baseball, but they can run marathons. And um, we're gonna have two of the Maybe the, I was gonna say two of the best baseball playing marathoners ever. Um, but maybe just the best baseball playing marathoners ever. I don't
1: even know. Do you know of any so you are running the marathon, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, a, yeah, April seventeenth. It's gonna be the ten year anniversary of the horrific bombing in um, in Boston and so I you know, and reach out to the Red Sox um You know, months back about wanting to do it. Just um, multiple different reasons. One, uh, you know, 10 years a year of significance. Um, I started that day at Fenway Park uh, on Patriots Day when we played Tampa Bay. And um, yeah, it just has it has a lot of impact in my life that whole season did. So I want to do something to be able to raise some money i am gonna run for the Ling Z Foundation. Um, she was one of the individuals who died in the bombing that day, and they have a foundation that continues in her memory and does great things for the youth and diversity across Boston. So looking forward to that. So is there before we go on, I want to make sure that people are contributing to the
2: to the right cause here. So who where should they go to contribute? because that's the that's one of the
1: most important things. Yeah, well, you can go to the Lingzi Foundation dot um, uh, org, I believe it is, and um, I'm going to put a link in my uh, my Instagram bio uh, coming up here shortly. Um, starting on February 1st, I'll have a link there that you can go ahead and um, and donate money if you feel like it, and hopefully we can raise a bunch of money um, and do some some good things and continue to give back to the great city of Boston. Okay, well, you're a fine
2: marathoner. You're you're, you're I know this. <laughs> That's yet uh, to
1: be determined.
2: Well, uh, but as I just said, you you aren't the only baseball player running the marathon. Brock Holt, what's going on? Hey
0: guys!
1: <laughs> yes, there he is.
0: Star. <laughs> I had to stop my I had to stop my training training to to jump on this podcast. I was like sixteen miles deep already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, hey, it's no a- joke. It's a commitment. Like I have five kids. So like to find carve out two hours in the day to go for a long run. I mean, that's, I got to make sure they're all in school and one's taking a nap.
0: You're not, you're not lying. Like it's a, it's a full-time job training for, for a marathon.
2: Well, well uh, it's uh, coincidentally, all three of us have run marathon. Believe it or not. I know that you look at me and you say, of course you've run marathons, but I've run six marathons, all Boston. So uh oh, I'd, be, I'd be happy to be your coach, your life coach, your marathon coach, whatever you want to be. Um, but I let's compare first of all, Brock, you, you tell me just like Ryan did, I, the most important thing is that we want to make sure that the the organization you're running for gets the right support and the right attention.
0: So can, give me the length that people should go to. Hold on, something just got, went in my ears. I think it's I think, I think it's Lakin's Lakin's phone. Hold on. Okay. I think I'm connected to her. Uh, Hello, Lakin. We're going to figure this out. I remember, I remember my first uh, podcast. <laughs> well, all right. So why, why, why Brock's figuring it out, Ryan?
2: Where are you at? Because this is one of the, the great things about uh, having you two on. Where are you guys at with your training? Let's compare and contrast. And someone's going to feel really bad about themselves, but so be it. It'll be motivation. Where are you at, Ryan?
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not as far as I long as I probably should be, but at the same time, um, I thought my wife had a good line the other day. She said, Ryan doesn't prepare. He just does. Um, <laughs> thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I I've gotten, you know, I'm like probably three days a week, four days a week doing somewhere in the five to seven mile range. I just kicked up Brock inspired me. We saw a, 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 he he posted a video and some clips through his IG about uh, you know doing twelve miles. Uh, I did eleven and a half two days ago. All right, so I'm going to go up, do a little sweat today. I, I like my pace where I'm at. I'm sitting at about an
0: eight fifteen split right now. You're kidding? Me. Are you kidding me? He's, that's what I said, Rob. <laughs> he's po- he's posting these videos and I'm I'm messaging him. like, are you kidding me with these times? Like I'm struggling to like I'm I'm at like. If I get in the nines, I'm like, dang, I'm flying not, right now. Not,
2: you don't understand. So what? A four hour marathon is like nine oh four or something like that. It's it's just right around nine. Like that's it, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, he, yeah that's Dan's my goal. Flying. Sub
1: four, sub four is my. Well, you got to remember. So so like I was I was a cross country runner in high school. Um, and then I came to Chicago, and, and when I started playing with the Cubs, I'd go for runs um, from Wrigley. Well, the fans chase you down, so you got to have quick wheels. <laughs> um, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get through there, you know you got to you got to book through the crowd. So I, I picked up my pace and, and started to find a good little rhythm there. So
2: Brock, when you saw Ryan, when you guys played together. When you saw him, did you like? Oh, that guy's fast! Oh I man, I, listen, I mean, uh, the, the covering covering first base on on
0: PFP drills, you always you always say that's a marathoner right there. Absolutely, athlete athlete. athlete. What, what do we always say? Pitchers are athletes, right? Like I knew I knew Dent. I, I didn't know he could run like a sub sub two hour marathon, which is what, which is where <laughs> he's headed right now. But goodness gracious, like for real, I'm struggling at ten minutes ten minutes, and I'm happy with that. You know. And he's, I will he's, say
1: he's, he's this though, get down the bases. See like my, my eight minute mile pace is my, also my sprint speed. So, you know, there's, well. there's not a lot of difference there. Did you ever steal I, a base, right? Did you ever steal a base? No, I got one story about that. Ooh, I like stories. I never, I never got on first a lot, you know, sometimes every once in a while I'd close my eyes and it would hit the barrel and end up somewhere. But, um, true true story in 2002 when i got over to the reds um i i was swinging the bat for i hit like 230 and i and i was doing well and and bob boone had me pinch run multiple times (laughs) for ken griffey jr oh no yes hey put that (laughs) one in the backpack yeah that's like because junior had a hamstring issue so he'd get on base you know and then as a starting pitcher, you didn't want to waste me or waste a position player. I'd go run. Well, one time, Junior pinch hit off of, off of Randy Johnson, of all people, and drew a walk. And it's in Arizona, and Bob pinch ran me for Junior, and I took off running on first move off of off Randy Johnson. <laughs> and Barry Larkin grounded the shortstop, ended up being ended up being a base hit because they couldn't get the force. It was like in the hole and end up getting Barry a base hit, but. You know, I was like, I had that base stolen. You got to take that pitch. I don't care if it's punch out, man. That's my first one of my career. Did, did
2: you have it stolen? Did you have it stolen?
0: Yeah, I would. I would have
2: had it. Yeah,
0: I would have had. Listen it. to those. Listen to those names. I pinch ran for Griffey to try and steal a base <laughs> off Randy Johnson while Barry Larkin was hitting.
2: <laughs> what a story! And, and, and by the way, I'm running a uh, six-minute
1: miles in the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! <laughs> oh my god no kidding oh. go pinch yourself sometimes brock
2: <laughs> did you i i, I gotta ask though so when you become the pinch runner did you go up to boone and say hey i don't know if you know this i ran cross country in high school <laughs> <laughs> i
1: did i didn't i i did one time tell him he should go bunt because i actually coincidentally another time earlier um uh, actually in the series i i, I faced off against randy and, uh, and I was pitching, I was hitting, we had to run around first and, and, uh, I squared around a bunt, you know, and Randy, this was prime Randy, this is two, 2002. He's like dominating, you know, he long hair and he's screaming and yelling at everybody. If, so I square around a bunt and he threw a tic-tac up there and, uh, I missed it by about a foot. It was 99 miles an hour. And I looked back at Damian Miller and he was catching, he goes, I know it's hard, right? And I go, dude. And then he threw me two sliders <laughs> to my back foot. I swung over top of both of them trying to bunt it. I go back in the dugout, and Bob Boone's like, "You got to get that down." I took my hel- I took my helmet and my batting gloves off, put them in the helmet and my bat. I gave them to Bob Boone. I said, "You go give that a whirl, man. Good luck."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, bunting's not easy, man. I can only imagine what it would be like a bunting against Randy Johnson.
1: He was mfing me two out on the mound, telling me to swing the bat. I was terrified. You know, I wanted I wanted nothing like, to do with it. You're like, hey, Randy, I don't even want to be up here, dude. Like. Okay. (laughs) right. Where's this universal DH? Let's go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, Brock, give me give me your best. This is on the spot, but give me your best running story as a baseball player, because we just got Ryan's best one,
0: right? So, well, I can't even top that, dude. I gotta I gotta think about yeah how can how can I even come close to that story? I mean, Um, mean, it may have been I, I, I I had a lot more opportunities to run the bases. Um, I'm sure than Demp. I don't know, man. He played a long time, so he might have. He might have ended up running running the bases more than I did. I didn't get well, on him. Most too bags in a game. What was your most stolen bases in a game? Oh, I think I had. I, I mean, I think I only had two one time. But I will tell you this. Uh, I, I remember hey, when you wait
1: up. real quick when you got that second one. Did you want a Ricky Henderson? Just <laughs> pull <Was> it <laughs> out and like
0: hold it up. Yeah, keep keep the bag. No, I will tell you. I did. Um, just comes off uh, off the top of my head because I'm looking here at my Brian Butterfield signed jersey. Um, I think we were playing the Twins, um, and I was leading off the uh, leading off the inning. And Butter when before he runs out to third base, he stops at me on the end on deck circle and he says, "Hey, after you hit this leadoff double, I want you stealing third first pitch." I, I forget who was pitching, but he was he he, he didn't look. Um, didn't really pay attention to guys on second base so sure enough I hit a double look at butter and he was just like come on first pitch boom stole third and we like we like gave each other like pretty much you know hugging each other on third base like dude that was awesome you just called that so uh, that's a good butter story
2: um, <laughs> I right, let me give you, I'll give you my best Hole running story we did a I podcast so. in Toronto the day before a game. So I go upstairs. I remember this one? Yeah, I go upstairs in the press box. You know, edit it up whatever. Literally, I mean, it couldn't it couldn't have timed out any better. I hit publish. I hit publish, and the minute I hit publish, you pulled up. I think you
0: were stealing. I, I don't know, but you pulled oh, up. No, right no. Now. it was a du- it was a double in the gap, and I oh, was I came right. up lame. Yeah. Well, I, I I was on it, fire. Though, I was seeing beach balls at the time. I was just raking. That, that's why you that's my. Why, hand. That's why you were on the podcast. <laughs> that's that's why I'm telling you. Every time I actually got a chance to play multiple multiple games in a row, I would I would kind of catch fire and. I had to start running the bases. That's when the hamstrings would lock up because I wasn't used to running the bases. <laughs> so I remember just getting hit after hit after hit. And I actually had to run the bases. So the hamstring didn't like that too much and pulled up. Oh, I, I, well,
2: I can tell you, you ran away from me for about a year and a half. Like yeah. every time I came around the corner with a microphone, forget about it. That was, that was done. So yeah. you mentioned your hamstrings. Give me, give me your best ailment so far. I mean, cause listen, it's, this is the price of the price of glory. For training for a marathon. Give
0: me your breath. In and well, I'll tell you, I'm feeling a lot better now. When I first started, I was I was uh, worried that I wasn't going to be able to do it because I don't know what it was on my left leg. But it was like right behind my knee. I'm pretty sure it was hamstring that that connects down there right right, right behind your knee. And I, I mean, I could run about two miles and then I would just be getting shooting pain up my leg, like all the way down and And Nashville, where I'm running around here it's it's pretty hilly, which sucks um it's good though I'm trying to, it's good, yeah, That's it's good, good for Boston, yeah. yeah, yeah, good for Boston, but it sucks to just go out like, oh, I gotta run ten miles today and like just knowing um that there's gonna be hills involved, uh, so that was it, my hamstring but i i've started i'm do started doing more band stuff um. and and stuff for my glutes and stretching my hamstrings and making sure I'm, I'm a little bit more warm before I start running. So, um, it's, it's everything feels good right now. So we're trying to, um, and I'm following the, I'm following the training sheet that, that we got from the, um, from the day, from Dana-Farber running team. So we run on Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays, and, and then the long runs are on Saturdays. Um, but I'm feeling good right now, um, but there's still a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, no. So, what
2: do you got, Ryan? What, what ailment do you have? You have any, or um, you, I, well, I mean, evidently, like you're a superhuman human, like physical specimen? So maybe not. Yeah. Uh, if,
0: he, if he if he tells us he's got an ailment right now and he's running eight minute miles. <laughs> <literally>.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, true. Funny you say that. True story. Okay, first of all, my biggest ailment right now is. I, and I think I need new shoes is I got these, you know, your toes jam up against your shoes. So I got these blisters on the ends of my toes that, are, you know, when you get into the longer run, you start getting over seven miles. It's like, they just start throbbing. Yeah. So I'll figure that out. But so now I'm planning this whole thing. I want to do this. And, you know, I talk with Pam Ken at the Red Sox and get everything ready to go. And I'm telling people I'm running this marathon. I'm, I'm beyond excited. I'm, you know, I'm nervous, all stuff. Winter meetings in December. And, uh, <laughs> down there in, in you know, where we saw each other, Rob, down to the That's winter meetings in San Diego. And the last time I was at the winter meetings in San Diego was back in the winter of uh, 2014 going into 15. And and I did this fun little staged fall with Kevin Millar where I fell down the stairs at the bottom rate, right, uh, those stairs that come down to the bar from the MLB Networks set. Well, I was like, hey, we should do that again. So, you know, there's a couple people on the escalator and I, and I do it again. But I'm a little older and not as nimble. And I caught my foot on like the I-beam going down of the rail that goes up. And, bro, I got up in the morning and I couldn't walk. I mean, like my knee on my right knee, I thought I tore my MCL. I might have torn my MCL. I don't know. <laughs> I had to get a knee. I had to, I had to hobble. I hobble because I, I believe in this theory. And I I always had this theory. And I did it with my whole career. And, and I kind of do it in life is that when you have ailments and you have different things that if, if you rest for too long, you actually, like, don't, you know, you got to be smart about it. But, like, blood flow, creating blood flow. And so, I, I hobble, like, literally, like, I'm gingerly walking over to CVS to get a knee brace and some Advil and anything I can. Like, when I mean hobbling, it took me an hour to get to the CVS. I was going so slow. <laughs> and, and so, I get over there. Like, I go, I'm swollen up. And this thing is not going away. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to run the marathon yeah, and it took probably about three, four weeks. It's still I can feel it, but it's weird. It's like in a spot that when I'm running, it doesn't bother me. Um, I have to limit my men's basketball league stuff, so I don't do that anymore. Oh, wait, you're, 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 you're still playing basketball? Uh, I, I do a lot
0: of. So I'm going skiing this weekend, so let's oh just cross. God. Let's cross I, our I, fingers. I've got a couple. I've got a couple ski trips planned here soon. Because I mean, obviously, I never went skiing whenever I played because I knew that the the moment I went down the first slope, both ACLs gone. My career is done. So I'm like, I got to stay away from this. So now that I'm, I'm done, I'm going, but now I'm like, shoot, do I, do I hold off until after the marathon? Cause like, I, uh-huh. I need my, I need, I need my knees for the marathon.
2: I can't believe you guys are doing anything. <laughs> I, I was so like stressed about anything, doing anything, but I yeah, guess that's I mean, why I you're just, professional athletes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the drum beats a little different.
2: All right. Good luck to those guys. Now, finally, you know, and this, is, this isn't this is necessarily anything to do with Marathon, anything to do with David Ortiz, anything to do with, with uh, Andrew Miller, anything to do with Brock Holt, Ryan Dempster. But when you get a chance to sit down for a few minutes with Brett Phillips, you do it. Because, you know, he is such a great, great voice for what we are talking about. And today we dive a little bit into how he views where baseball's at right now. So once again i hope everybody enjoyed this podcast go subscribe rate review everything as we said before a lot of things lined up so here we go finish things off with the great brett phillips all right all right author brett phillips how's it feel good Uh, to be here
4: to to be here to be an author in a book oh to be an author oh my goodness yeah it's very humbling <laughs> it's, it's very exciting. It's good. I dude. don't even read books, and i now I'm an author of one. How does that work? It's you and I both. So you and I both. <laughs> we fake it till we make it. <laughs> exactly. And then when it shows out, and turns out to be good. Then we say, yeah, we knew what we were doing. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, the whole reason, as we said, like we're
2: talking about a damn near perfect game, and it was so good to talk to you for it, and because your your message is what this is all about, and what the entire sort of book is about, and what we keep talking about which is where baseball's going and how great baseball is and and everybody has a story right i mean like like we you were on the podcast before and we talk about well why isn't baseball boring and since then like i love i asked the commissioner brent yes I, I said to the commissioner why isn't baseball boring he has an answer everybody has an answer but as we sit here right now compared to other times whether i was talking to you last year talking to you in the
4: offseason but now talking right here right now how do you feel about where baseball's at. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great question. Um, You know, it's really cool to see the younger generation embracing their personality and not shying away from how other generations suppressed their personalities, uh, whether that was because they thought they were being professional or that's just how they were taught to to act. But I think we're seeing across the league um, younger guys kind of break out of their shell and know that hey this this game's hard enough and to try and be someone you're not especially while you're trying to perform it's not good so um, I think it's good for the game I think it's good for mental health from a player's standpoint for guys to be themselves obviously there's always going to be a level and a line of professionalism that we don't cross but hey be who you are on a daily basis be consistent if you're a good guy, be good. If you're a bad guy, be bad. So then everyone knows what to expect and uh that's just who you are. You're authentic, but I think for the longest time we just had one way of going about things. And uh you know, it's it's not saying it's wrong. By no means am I saying it's wrong. Baseball is America's pastime. It's the greatest game on earth. But uh the guys, you know, who are coming up and doing their thing, they they got to be themselves to perform and i think we've started to tap into that so very excited to, yeah. to see it's i'm glad you mentioned that
2: and this has been a topic of conversation i've asked a lot of guys um as this year has unfolded and so uh, you bring it up makes me want to ask like okay you say that last year you say that in the offseason now we're a couple weeks into the season do you see even more in in one of the things about like we look at the WBC, how this was sort of a springboard to showing personality, maybe, but maybe it's just the evolution of the game. Where I don't know if you, as you see here, compared to even last year, that you see players
4: willing you know, to do. I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I don't watch uh, Sports Center. I don't. I don't watch. I, I mean, my Twitter algorithm is set up to see nothing baseball anymore because of how tough it is to mentally. Take care of what I need to take care of to perform, and also take care of my family. But yet, hear what everyone else is saying about me. Mm. So, whether it's changing, I hope it is. Well, do you see it changing in your um, own? Oh yo, yeah, yeah, in my own world. Yes, yeah. so, I mean this is a great team. We got a great group of guys who uh, are professionals and are themselves allow me to be myself. Um, so I can't touch on the rest of the league as to where it's going. But I hope so. I, I really do. Um, again, there's always going to be a level of professionalism, but you gotta you gotta be yourself. And I, I hope guys are embracing who they are as people.
2: How hard is that? How hard was that to? Because you like following baseball, but you know I get it. I mean I get that you have to focus on your own deal.
4: Like how hard is it to say, hey, listen, you know, like. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough because I'm a people pleaser. I love people. I love keeping up with people. But it, you know, going through the DFA process—not once, but twice—for the first time in my career last year—it really put things in perspective for me. That hey, this game can—you know—I'm the 12 seasons in, and uh, I was on the cusp of never playing Major League Baseball again. And God has blessed me with another opportunity. And this time around, I'm just going about it a little differently than I have before. So hopefully, we can see changes and not see the same. Uh, results happening and for me it's adding and subtracting that I what I think is negative and positive in 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 my career and in my life and getting rid of the noise is a uh, positive for me and it has been for me to grow as a human being and, and as a baseball player do you not have to when you're in Tampa do you not have to worry about that as much yeah I think more uh, just so it's my hometown you know uh, there's uh, a lot there was a lot of people supporting me but at the same time it's it's a billion dollar industry uh, there's going to be pressure rightfully so there's going to be pressure from the fan base rightfully so they're spending their hard-earned money to come out here and uh, and be entertained so if you're not performing then there's not a place for you